Welcome to the Theology of the Buddy podcast. This is episode three uh, on our official launch day, December 16th, 2018, in the year of our Lord. Bells have been rung. That's right. Yes. Bells have been rung. I'm Chris. Aaron. I'm Matt. All right. Now, uh, we wanted to begin this podcast as we have in the last two podcasts with an important question to get the to get the creative juices flowing. So, gentlemen, I do have I do have a question, an important one. Does <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay. <clears throat> Does a straw have two holes or one? Whoa. One, obviously. Yeah, one. How? Like I, I if mean, a piece of metal was like a straw thick, and it had a hole through it. It would still just be one hole, a hole. I don't. Whoa, whoa this, this is p. This is becoming really PG. Oh, shut up, Christopher West. <laughs> Does it have two? It just has one. Just has one that goes straight through it. So I mean, uh, let's get a, a shorter version of a straw, just like a, a, a th- like a brick. Drill a hole through it. You would just call that a hole. A hole. Let's a shave of- down that brick a little bit more, so it's a cylinder. Well, let's lengthen that brick. It's still just one hole. Yeah, it's one hole. That's a good point. I'm sorry. This question failure. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Do you have another one? All right. So here's the next question, then, gentlemen. If you clean out a vacuum cleaner, are you a vacuum cleaner? <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's that's more profound. This is really near and dear to my heart. I love vacuums. Yeah. Wow. Matt does love vacuums. Do you love vacuums? I really enjoy vacuuming, particularly dirty floors. It's very satisfying when I hear little things coming up the hose. Yeah. I wish my floors were dirtier. That's... Not that he'd allow them to be dirtier. No. He likes anything meticulous. He power washed my house and my neighbor's house. Oh, the base. Oh, yeah. I power washed Aaron's basement. That was the most satisfying. You power washed his basement? Yeah. We needed to paint. Like you went into the, like, in the interior of the basement? It had about 60 years worth of dirt on the basement walls. I would say 60 is accurate. And uh, it was so satisfying seeing it go off. It was great. Oh, my gosh. On power washing cobwebs, who uses a little duster? Use a power washer. But this is not. This is outside the house. No, no, no. no, no this is inside the house. In his power basement. washed. That was amazing. How? Where'd the water go? Just down the drain. Down the drain. Whoa, that that's amazing. cool. That's neat. it. Was Wait, how did that happen? Oh, vacuums. Oh, and then yeah. Yes, yeah, the, so the drain backed up, cleaner, so we had to vacuum. All right. Oh, sorry. Vacuum cleaner, cleaner. <clears throat> it makes your vacuum cleaner cleaner. No, like if you clean a chimney, your own chimney. That doesn't make you a chimney sweep. It makes you an amateur chimney sweep. Mm, Just like having a podcast no. makes you an amateur theologian. Yes. Okay, wow. Okay, yeah, that's true. You're right. You're right. I don't know if anyone buys that. No, but... Hey, no. can we get a word from our sponsor? I'm thirsty. Yes. Let's do it. All right. All right. Um, no. No, an amateur anything, you still have to like do it outside your own home. No, you don't. That doesn't make sense. But like, if it's like... Mm, no, a chimney sweep. If you clean your no, own chimney, that would make, you're not an amateur. Chimney you're sweep. an amateur chimney sweep. If you do it outside your home, you're a freelance chimney sweep. If you are licensed, you're a licensed chimney sweep by the Chimney Sweepers Board of Ontario. Costs seventy five bucks for the license. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've, you've obviously thought about <laughs> this. I just, this is an alternate. Totally made up. This is an alternate uh, line of work for you. Oh, just in case things don't work out. Yeah. Wow. Like. So everyone is an amateur house cleaner? Hmm. Interesting. It's, this is like subsidiarity. 101, pal. If I like pat a kid on the head, am I an amateur parent? No, but you're an amateur kid you're patting on the head person. Are, would that be not be considered a patterist? 
Patterist. He's patting the kid on the head, so he's a patterist. What's a patterist? He's pattering. But when I hear pater, I think father. Oh, oh it does make you an amateur yeah, father. All right, yeah, okay. I knew. Oh, come full circle. I knew wow. <laughs> All right. Well, that I think. So the the is the answer yes. You are technically a vacuum cleaner. I don't think so, but Matt thinks so. You're a vacuum cleaner cleaner? There's or no such you... thing as a professional vacuum cleaner. Uh, the Electrolux store. Okay. Just because just you work... He's a vacuum repairman. Yeah. yeah so please, if, please sponsor us, Electrolux. Yeah, yeah, please do. If, um, if I change my tire, I'm an amateur mechanic. And this is going to be more controversial than our main podcast topic. Mm, no, it won't. But, yeah, you know, if you, like, repair your truck or your car... You're not an amateur mechanic. You're a home mechanic. Yeah. You're not. I want to look it up in the catechism. I wonder if the catechism says anything on that. Mm, I looked it up in the index. Just like usury and theft, it's not there. (laughs) Too bad. Well. All right. Well, I do. I I wanted to also ask a question. So um, now that we are approaching the, the great feast of Christmas, I wanted to ask... Do you know what nationality Mrs. Claus is? Uh, was the Bishop of Myrna ever married? Myrna? Yeah. Let, let's say Coca-Cola version of... Are you lying right now? Are you I'm, saying, I'm saying Coca-Cola. I'm not I, saying Nick, say Nicholas of Myra. I think he's actually intending to deceive you. Yes. Anyway, who's Mrs. Claus's... Mrs. Claus. Mrs. Claus. I don't know. She's probably Dutch. No. North Polish. Uh... <laughs> I I have a, I have another joke, but I'm gonna hold on to it for when things are getting really tense okay. among us. In yeah, a few well, minutes. <laughs> all right. Hi, everybody. It's Chris. We just wanted to take a quick moment uh, to share with you a couple of things before we continue in this podcast. We realized after listening to the podcast that we had neglected to share with you what resources we were actually using uh, to discuss in our podcast. So. If you want to know more about Anne Barnhart uh, and her opinions regarding um, who is the current reigning pope, uh, you can find her over at barnhart.biz or just Google Anne Barnhart podcast. That's B-A-R-N-H-A-R-D-T. So you can find her there. Also, with regards to Steve Skocek and his article regarding Benevacantism, you can find the article uh, actually by Ryan Grant over at 1peter5.com. That's O-N-E-P-E-T-E-R-F-I-V-E.com. All right, now back to the podcast. Amazing. So so today um, we wanted to talk about a few things. Um, one of the things that um, is kind of a hot button conversation that we've been having for I feel like it's a hot weeks. button between like us and no one else in the world, I'd say. Well, that's not true because obviously oh, the dudes Twitter, over yeah. at 1 Peter 5 are thinking, mm-hmm. like, they're saying, like, it's taking people by storm. And Anne Barnhart's, like, over in the corner, like, hey, hey, hey. You know, but... It'd be a little more shrill than that. Yeah, probably. (laughs) But yeah, no. So we wanted to talk in particular about the idea of what 1 Peter 5 wrongfully calls Benevacantism, which let's let's be honest. So so the idea of Benevacantism in their mind is that essentially Pope Benedict is still the Pope and that Pope Francis is an anti-Pope. First of all, let's let's point out the the terrible latin of that we do 
Do we have to? Can't we just like get on to the main? Like I no I this drives oh, me nuts. Okay, sorry. Go on then. Right, like so. Benedictism. Benedictism literally That's, means who's, Benedict is vacant. Who said that? Except, except one Peter five. I don't though. know, but I mean, if one Peter five seems to be like one of the few people that are really in the public sphere talking about it right now. In, in a huge way, like one, that actually one, have a decent audience. One article. Maybe they mean it on an even deeper level. Bene is Latin for well, so they're just saying the sea is well vacant. The sea is oh, well it vacant. was well vacanted when he or resigned, was. right? It was a good yeah. resignation? Is that what... No, I remember a guy on a, a Catholic forum. This was years ago. This was soon after Pope Francis was elevated to the papacy validly. He, he I don't know if he came up with it, but... I can give his username. He was on a website called Sushipe Domine. Jer- I think his name was Jerome. And he offered the term Sede Bene Plenism. The seat is full of Benedict. Sure. So I, I think that's an amazing title. Like, if they're going to give this kind of erroneous idea a name, yeah. at least give it a good one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I switched my rosary prayers at the end to, like, the Holy Father, like, Three years ago. You, you know what? Because I, I was a little worried. I do that too. And it was only, I, I told Aaron this, it was because I listened to, uh, I used to pray the rosary with like a recording of people from Rosary <laughs> Army. And they... I, I, I listened to that. Yeah, yeah. Just, just so that it was future proof. They just said, for the Pope and the Pope's intentions. And yeah. then, so I always ended my rosary for the Holy Father and his intentions. And then I, I was thankful that I ended my rosary that way with the recent turmoil. Although I fall firmly on the side of Pope Francis being Pope. Pope Francis, yeah. And I changed it after like three years ago after the whole Pope Francis thing started like unwinding. So Yeah. So, yeah. So, in terms of, in terms of Sedabena Plenism... Um, Really, I mean, who would you say, like, obviously that guy on Sushepa Domine, like, they they talked about it, but, I mean, and Barnhart, which is one of the main people that 1 Peter 5 goes after, um, yeah. she, I mean, she's going on, like, two-hour-long rants um, in a podcast form and YouTube videos from her friend's basement, um, like, talking about this stuff, and, I mean... It, it's interesting. Like I, I listened, I listened to most of it, um, and I mean, she brings up some very compelling points. That when you're listening to it, you're like, "Huh," that kind of you can kind of see why why she would think that way. It's not like a half cocked idea that just, you know, yeah, that that just came out of nowhere. She's she's given real thought to this, you know. And I think just like any heretic, she's spent a long time, a long time working on it. You know, actually, it's interesting. The guys on Catching Foxes were talking about the idea of like every every major heresy is somewhat born out of a misguided charity. Yeah. That like it's a way to kind of make God understandable or whatever, and try to make it easier to comprehend and deal with. And ends up falling into error, which I think I think that's a fair point. Like they were talking in particular with regards to to Father James Martin and his whole building bridges, wow. you know, and the homosexual stuff in the church. And like, you know, yes, we understand that you know homosexual persons do deserve respect and charity and all of that. That you know, that's one very valid point. But I mean, we are not going to encourage them in the actual sin and the activity uh, of engaging in that. But you know, that's where. James, Father James Martin kind of blurs the lines and, and it gets confusing. And um, 
Yeah, and that's kind of where he falls into error because he really wants those people. Maybe, you know, if we want to give him the benefit of the doubt, he maybe wants those people to be in the church. He wants them to be Catholic, but he misunderstands what maybe that really means and what that looks like. Is that um, what Anne Barnard did? She like well, that's 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 kind of my opinion because when you listen to her talk, she she starts out by saying, "I went into mass and I looked around at all these these." faithful trad catholics who are losing their faith uh, over this papacy they are you know they are give you know losing their faith completely and you know and of course they're losing their faith because it's a false premise like you know that <laughs> that francis is pope and so that's kind of where she launches from is this she probably this place of, of charity where she doesn't want these people to leave the church but... i think it might even be more personal than that because i followed her for years she didn't call this immediately after he was elevated to the papacy. Like, mm-hmm. this is something she gradually worked into. Yeah. You know, she was trying to deal with the, she has this, you know, this recurring theme that she comes back to, well, God is not a jerk as well. Yeah. And that he wouldn't put us in such a difficult situation that's so hard to, you know, fathom even happening. And and so her, like, I think for her, it's a personal coping mechanism. How How the heck can I explain this and have it make sense to me? I think she's built up a lot of stuff around that since she decided that he's probably not Pope. But um, I I don't know if she'd agree with me, but having followed her blog for years, like I said, I, that's how I see it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So a couple of things that I, I was noting was like, so a couple of reasons for um, the belief so if we want to give a fair treatment to the idea of Cenobenopletism... Wow. Let, let, wait, let's start. Can we start where... Like, we all... With the whole Latin resignation letter written out that came out, why don't we start, like, what we would agree on, like, just the three of us. We would all agree... There's no way There's no way anyone can know that Pope Benedict is still the Pope and Pope Francis is an anti-Pope. Like, you can't just, like, say that. Like, that was Ryan Grant. I liked his... His article was really good. And you can't just, like... And he just called the people being like, oh, no, you can't know this. So, like, I would agree, like, and then you were saying, like, Anne Barnard, this is more like a personal issue of hers. And, like, she's trying to, like, make sense of, like, what's going on. Which I think that's what anyone who, like, goes to this is, anyone who goes to this is, who or who, like, you know, maybe toys with this is saying is, it's probably like a personal issue, right? Like, how do I make sense of, like, what's going on in the world? So, but can, sorry, but we can all, like, I don't think. No one can definitively say that. We can agree with that, right? No yeah. one can definitively say what? The Pope Francis is an anti-Pope. Or Pope no. Benedict is still the Pope. But like, I, and I think the, the main argument is, like, the resignation. You can't be... I, the whole, like, losing his faith, his office, because of his heresy, like, that just doesn't... That would To me, that implies, like, the Holy Spirit didn't have protection over the, over the Holy Father. So, like, that's, you know, it's kind of weird. But I'll tell you, my issue... We're going to jump right... We just listened to the... What did we listen to? Uh, it was originally posted on Regina Profitarum, which is a, a site where two, uh, three priests actually post homilies. Um, they're all based at the same parish. I, I don't think they actually want you to say where it is, but anyway, they all are at the same Latin mass. We're pretty sure they're FSSP, right? No, they're not. They're not FSSP? They're not. Okay. But we can oh, wow. discuss cool. that off air. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so there was a, 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 a recent homily put up called Habemus Papam with a question mark. We have a Pope? Anyway, go on, Aaron. What? Yeah, so, my, okay, my issue with this is why 
people seem to so people seem to so strongly like why is it an issue thinking that Pope Francis is an anti-pope? I, why why is that an issue? Why is it an issue? Because truth matters. Yeah, go on. So you were saying we, I mean, we can't know these internal. All we can all we can deal with is external realities, and right. all we see is a text from Pope Benedict. Terrible decision, I agree. Saying. I'm no longer Pope. The seat will be vacant. And yes, Anne Barnhart, that is a fine translation of that subjunctive yeah, mood. Yeah, yeah, the translation um, bogus. All we have is him saying that. And then also giving follow-up speeches saying, it's ridiculous to think I didn't give up the, the Petrin you seat. Know, and, then, <laughs> and then we have These, like, a conclave like, this, of cardinals who like, elected a Pope. The co- okay. So those are the that's, that's, that's the external stuff we have to deal with. That's all we can look at. Okay, sure. So, like, defin- so yeah, definitively you can't say he's an anti-Pope. But, like, uh, what, like, I don't like people being thrown under the bus because they, they are thinking this because that's how they're coping. Because there's a lot of other external things that people seem to ignore that really point to being an anti-pope like so around the resignation pope benedict like the vatican bank was shut down where's someone what's a plausible explanation that that the vatican bank being shut down during his resignation that doesn't have to do with him being forced out what's like give me something I anything no Make something. hey i'm not going to deny that weird stuff happened he also had that dossier compiled saying that there's all these gay orgies happening in the Vatican. Yeah. And then he, oh, he's God. just like, what the heck? <laughs> and he just didn't, he, I mean, apparently didn't even know how to deal with it. Didn't think he had the strength to deal with it. Like that would be, I, I know he probably knew there was some weird stuff going on, but he, I don't think he knew what to degree it was happening, the degree to which it was happening. So yeah. But again, all we can deal with is facts. And all we know is that he said the sea will be vacant. As of this day and time. Yeah, but we do have that canon that says if he's pushed out in fear, then it's an invalid resignation. So, like, is there not, like, something that's, like, oh, like, to me, like, the whole thing that pisses me off about this is, like, Pope Francis's, like, pontificate is so hard on the imagination to imagine, like, how is this man protected by the Holy Spirit? I don't understand why it's easier for people to think that like oh the holy like the holy spirit's here than it is that any popes because any popes have happened before. How are popes protected by the holy spirit? I have absolutely in all no that idea. they do, or in def- he inserted it into the ordinary magisterium that the Argentinian bishops interpreted Amoris the Tizia the right way. Again, I, that I, is dangerously close to no, the he legal, put it in the, the Acta Apostolica Sedis, Acts of the right. Apostolic See. Right. People disagree whether or not that raises it to the level of ordinary magisterium. Oh, like, but it's it's so like so, but it's still such a fine line. I know it's terrible. So like, you know, our Lord, our Lord told us it would be confusing times, man. So, but like all you naysayers about confusing times are just like, why can't it be confusion the other way? Like we're having a confusing time over who's the Pope. How come you're just saying that, how come you're just saying that like this Pope, oh, well, like, but my way. It's so like, I don't know, like the jerk, the jerk in that talk, like he just like, it's just like, oh, you're insane. You have, who have a contrary opinion are insane. Like if I'm insane, which I might be wrong on this. Well, okay, I don't actually, I'm not, like, definitively saying I think Pope Francis is an anti-pope. But if I, like, I want some answers to what the hell's going on here. 
Like, okay, wh- why is Pope, and like, and it, it keeps adding up. Like, why is Pope Benedict wearing white? What, what's with the lie, like, black cassocks aren't available? Why is that lie there? Okay. Hold Pope- on. We, we, need, we need to clarify something. Like, we're, we are kind of jumping to conclusions for our viewers that don't kind of have a clue of what's happening okay. with this. So, something that I wanted to point out was, what does Canon 188 actually say? No, so, Canon 188 states, a resignation made out of grave fear that is inflicted unjustly or out of malice, substantial error or simony is invalid by the law itself. Um, so that so that kind of is what that's you're like, talking about. That's Anne Barnhart's hinge point. That's my, I yeah I don't really know. So so she's saying that no, but, with regards to to Pope Benedict, um, she is saying that he she feels that given that there was all of this stuff going on in the Vatican. Um, especially with the, you know, the Vatican Bank scandal and all of that. But, um, like, he knew about the, no. the craziness so, of the... No, buddy. What? <laughs> no, I'm going from the other side. I'm not being like, oh, the re- like the resignation is valid. I'm not approaching this academically. Okay. I'm saying that, like, this, it smells like an antipope. Like, what would he do differently if he was an antipope? Like, he has caused so much confusion. He's, like, and, like, right down into, like, my parents were told to commit mortal sin in the name of Pope Francis. But that's a terrible way to approach it. You have to approach it from a concrete starting point. No, like, no, because... So, to me, like, I... I don't know. But, like, I don't say definitively. But, like, this is how I came to evolution was false. Like, I I don't... I'm not... I'm still not, like, knowledgeable enough to, like, clearly, like, say evolution's wrong. But one point in my life, I just realized, like, wait a minute... This, like, all these things that evolution kind of brings, like, don't line up with my faith. So I had to reject it. Sometimes it works to look at the big picture and then come to a conclusion from it. But sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. So what did the 11 apostles decide when our Lord was going through his passion? They ran away because they apparently lost the faith. Yeah. So they saw the big pictures like this guy's getting killed. Well, I think we were told a lie. Only one of them stuck around because he was standing near Our Lady. Yeah. Like yeah. so, sometimes so, you can see so, these end results and so, get confused. And even and even so, after the resurrection, they were still hanging out and hiding. Yeah, they didn't they didn't come out of hiding until sure. Pentecost, I know, right. but like my nuance here, and I know this just sounds lame, but like I'm not saying he's an antipope. I'm just saying like we need like why why can't these questions be answered? No one's answering the question. I I know, and like so you know, if we're going through a passion of the church type time, and I think we are, or at least a type of a future passion of the church. Guess what? It's going to be confusing because how would how would our Lord have behaved differently? I'm going to put this in quotes. If he was God, like for people who are looking at him being killed, well, wouldn't he behave differently if he was God? No, like we don't always know why things are being done the way they're being done in but, the moment. Yeah, but like I don't understand. Why does that only like validate your opinion and not mine? Like maybe like right? That works both ways, does it not? Well, I'm just saying you you admit he's probably not an anti-pope. I, well, I don't know where I put, I just like, so, but okay, what about like, Anne Barnhart's video, I don't like Anne Barnhart being the pivot for this, but like, refer, he like, only refers himself to the Bishop of Rome. Which is actually, just so you know, I actually have no problem with that, because his official title doesn't include Pope. Official title, the one that includes Servant of the Servants of God and all that, Bishop of Rome is in there, Pope is not. Is it? So the okay, official title like, of Pope isn't Pope. You go down the li- refusing to wear the mozzetta and other papal garb, refusing to live in the apostolic palace, waving that blessing, retaining his Argentine citizenship and passport, even though the Pope is sovereign monarch of the Vatican State, and saying that he's going to cause schism, like, openly. So, like, I'm not saying, like, none of these things are like, oh, he has to be an anti-Pope. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying... 
they point enough to like Annie Pope's smell. It smells stinky. It's stinky. Is that stinky, Matt? That's pretty stinky. And then and then you have coupled it, the it's interesting stinky that he's a it, that he's a, a terrible pope. Yes, you're I don't saying, think uh, you're saying that Francis is a terrible pope. Yes, but like but the, but then you know if that was just Francis, but we have our like past pope living. He still wears white. He still gives the apostolic blessing. He still wears his fisherman's ring. So like I'm not. I he's can't. St- he's still in the Vatican. He's still in the Vatican. Even though even though just like like what Ann Barnhart said, even though he has written that you know his idea of what he would do when he retires would be to go back to Bavaria with his brother and his sister and play piano and just live out the rest of his days. Like, you know, kind of like Bilbo Baggins. I, that's how I oh, envision yeah. him. Oh, that is, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, so when you have all that, like, is that not enough to make you wonder? Like, to be, for me to like, yeah. oh, is he an anti-pope? And then for someone to say, oh, you're insane for thinking that? That's a dick thing to say because there's no insanity there. That's like those are legitimate things. People aren't intelligent enough. Not everyone's intelligent enough to like know the canons and know like the legalistic nuances of a conclave. But like people know the smell of their shepherd, right? Like they know the voice of their shepherd. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like I, I, I think that's a terrible. Like I think judging it by those conclusions is terrible. What about the Borgia popes who are having sex with men and women in the Vatican? Like. They're not behaving like popes. Would you have at the time said, eh, not my shepherd anymore? In, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's true. It's just... it. Or but, what about Pope Benedict IX who sold the papacy and then got it back and then got rid of it again? He was pope three separate times, I think. I mean, he wasn't behaving like a shepherd. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't three times. Like, that. I don't know. I, I, I think it's... I don't think you can approach it from these ends and then come to a conclusion of how things started. I think you have to look at how things started and then stand near our lady well, while the church has been crucified yeah mm-hmm. yeah but it, i i think at this point we're warranted like there should be some sort of formal investigation we're warranted it's 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 we've come to a situation where like which you it know can't what? be. but the only person that would be able to really do that investigation would be, be the pope be pope francis so that's how canon law works i think that's one thing and barnhart also forgets is that the canon law has a canonist and the person responsible for it is the Pope. Is the Pope. But she also doesn't go to other aspects of canon law saying an act placed because of grave fear, which has been unjustly inflicted or because of fraud, is valid unless the law makes some other provision. So how do you square that with 188? Doesn't it, doesn't the law in 188, isn't it making Yeah, but such an act can be rescinded by the decision of a judge. Right. What, which is the Pope's, which, yeah, and the only yeah. person who can judge that is the Pope. Yeah, Sure. That's, yeah, I have to steer clear of the canons, because I don't know, but, like, there's too I many know. weird things. Like, I, my questions aren't answered. Why is he wearing, like, why would he lie? Why were the Vatican Bank so, shut down? So, so explain, explain your issue with the whole white thing, because maybe not everybody knows that. Oh, because when asked why he wasn't wearing black, he just said there wasn't a black cassock available in Rome. And like, which is hilarious. Which I is mean, hilarious. Did people there like so did people there cheek. laugh at the time? Like, was he saying, "Yeah, I am still wearing white." I realized but, like, I couldn't but find. But that was like years ago. Maybe he thought it was slimming. Yeah, but technically, <laughs> black, black, is, black is, slimming. is slimming. Yeah, it's you, just, you wouldn't have to worry about that. Thank at all, you. Would you. It's just weird. It's weird. And okay, here's my issue. Actually, I don't really care about who's pope. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not like. Uh, it kind of matters who's pope. It does. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. We can't know. Like no, we, we, I guess, can. punitive. We, I, we, have, we, we have, have a punitive. I would call him a punitive. All we have is point. external saying, yeah. "I resign," and then another 
Pope being called by all the cardinals Pope. Okay. Yeah, I think those sure. externals are pretty simple. What? Yeah. Okay. What, what do we do for the week of faith? Maybe my faith is so weak. I just can't handle this anymore. Right? Like Pope Francis. Yeah. What do we, like, why, like, why do we just like, well, if you don't have faith enough to like get through this difficult time, we're, you know, I, all I hear on like Twitter is like, well, you're just not a good enough Catholic to like be able to understand Pope Francis. First step, get off Twitter. Second step, I did get off it. clear out your RSS feed and stop reading scandal blogs. Third step, pray. More. Yeah, but that's yeah. so Men- lame because Learn mental prayer. Because like become a Carmelite. That you're, you're basically saying yeah. you're like cds.ca. Please sponsor us, Carmelites. There you go. <laughs> but no, but like that you're basically saying only like opinions validated by you should be on the internet. Because should Steve Skocek get off the internet too? Then yeah, because well, yeah, oh, it'd be a lot check. better for him if he was yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's I good think, for his mental health, probably. I think I think a, a great example of this has been Dan Burke. Are you familiar with Dan Burke? Yeah, that's cool. So Dan Burke is the ch- editor and chief guy for um, EWTN, National Catholic mm. Register, um, and faithful holy man. I you know I've talked to him a, f- a few times online, and just just a good holy guy. He started a a um, I guess you would call it a Carmelite-inspired um, apostolate called Apostolic VA, which is geared to teach men and women, um, priests and religious, about mental prayer and growing in the spiritual life. Um, so it's kind of like it's kind of like Carmel, but not. Um, anyway, so he he was actively engaged on Facebook, constantly getting into you know getting into heated stuff and one day he just said that's it i'm gone and he didn't say anything um he just disappeared and nobody knew where he went and then like just a few days ago he posted on facebook you know just so you know i'm off facebook if you want to interact with me i'm i'm doing this apostolic va thing you know um he still worked for ewtn and stuff i'm fairly certain but he mm. is just like i'm out of this because you could tell it was impacting him spiritually and he said i'm out hey our championess is also off twitter and barnard got off this stuff years ago yep so like yeah I, she'd be a lot better off without a blog too about her blog yeah yeah her blog was really good it's worse she is she is hilarious like in terms of in terms of a writer i think she should write books and more so memoirs i think she would write fantastic <laughs> memoirs <laughs> she probably would. but i feel like her theological commentaries again like kind of what um what's his name brian grant or whatever from one peter five was saying was essentially like so you know people who have studied latin you know understand this thing called the result she didn't bring up the latin resignation until now but she's been touting this for a year so like or more than a year now so like she and she writes bright in her blog post like this resignation isn't foolproof but like She, she, and yeah, she's to be clear, she doesn't hinge on that, but she does hinge on the man, the words of another man, Archbishop Ganswine. That is so weird. Like I know. Being, like well, we can, look, we what can... about Archbishop Ganswine's follow up to that? I saw from among the reactions that I was imputed to have said a number of things that I did not say. Okay, I'm going to interject here. It sounded like he said them. I'll be I'll be honest, but I'll carry on with his quote. Of course, Pope Francis is the legitimate and legitimately elected pope. Any talk of two popes, one legitimate, one illegitimate, is therefore incorrect. 
And that's, I mean, that's yeah. his clarification of his remarks. You know, he, he, maybe he realized he the said one, something the stupid. The one time the Vatican clarifies something. <laughs> well, it, it didn't get published on Ann Barnhart's blog for uh, the sake you know, of I know, honesty it's, either, it's though. It's so weird. That's true. That, yeah. That's a fair point. Yeah. That is a really fair like, point. Be, yeah. I, there's no more. I have no good debating points. It's just beating a dead horse. But, like, I, it's, like, so in the past 200 years, there's been one canonized saint. And now we have three canonized oh, no. pope okay. saints pope. sorry pope okay. saints canonized and then we have three canonized saints who are some of the, like the worst saints the most popes ever and like and maybe maybe they weren't i don't know but like the church has certainly been the worst during that time and just like to me if you're you know you're playing a poker game i would say with that statistic like the odds are to me, like, why is it, like, the odds are that, like, maybe just, like, they're not canonized, and then you look deeper into that, right? Like, why is that, like, just, like, when I look at my odds of things, like, maybe there's just, something's wrong here, you know? Yeah. So, like, there's just, there's something wrong. I know, but, again, I, I just come back to, I, I don't know, I, I don't have good answers for it, but instead of getting worked up in my mind about it, I, I, I remember how 92% of the bishops ran away at the crucifixion, too. Like, we know times are going to get confusing, that was a type for the end. Are we in the end times? I don't do you, know. Do you Ask. think Pope Benedict denying the papacy is a type for St. Peter? I think it was <laughs> Could a it be? horrific Could it be? decision. It yeah. Be? It's just, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, what about, okay. Yeah. What, what, maybe your brother, like, what about your brother? Who like, you know, reads Aunt Barnhart and it's like, whoa, man, like, what my, the hell is going my on? My first advice is always stop reading yeah. it. Stop yeah. listening to I'm not even going to say the podcast that he listens to because yeah. I think it's yes. it, it it's not good. I think they're said of uh, yeah, they're said of a contest. I, you know why I don't like this coming from Do they you. do they have a red logo and uh, yes. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because someone well, okay, is this the okay, is this the sin of activism saying like someone has to do something. So if we all just put our ears on our head and make soap all night yeah that's no, right that was a personal attack but like you know like someone has to do something at this do we not like can we just like not do nothing like yeah the people who are assigned to do these things. i mean what about like counseling the doubtful like me personally like people i guess i don't know anyone so i really shouldn't care but like you know like, like is it is it not fair like you have to have some sort of answer for i'm this. not gonna pretend I, to... I have an answer for yeah. it but you're yeah. not gonna like it go on uh my answer is oh, it's gonna become a carmelite <laughs> it is going to be carmelite get ready the best thing you can do is learn how to pray and suffer well. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. because if you can do that, then oh you, you will help many souls. Horror of suffering. Do we have... I could totally... We could roll that into the St. Thomas confraternity. But do you... Should, like, I had the... Yeah, Sede Benicon isn't... Is there anything to wrap up? Like, there's really nothing there. Well, I think I think it was really... I think Ryan's... Ryan Grant's um, analogy about... Um, the the process of a declaration of nullity was really well placed. Mm. I you, thought I thought that that made complete sense. The fact that like in the event that something has to be declared invalid, it has to be done in the external forum. Yeah. Right. So yeah. like, and the bond of marriage, for example, in the in the event of a declaration of nullity, is considered valid until. I like the that. church but you, declares it. What? Okay. So what about his last paragraph where it's like, if, like, where he, like, concedes, like, oh, if he is an antipope, it'll have to be done, like, in the proper forum. Which I thought was hilarious. But again, it was at the same so time, like, there, he's acknowledging that at the end of the day, even if this was the case, which, you know, as per the above, he's saying it's not. But if it were, the only person that could do it would be the 
a person in an ecclesiastical court who had the authority to make that declaration, and the only person that can hold the Pope yeah. to account is another Pope. Can you Pope. imagine how horrible it would have been to live in the time at the end of Pope Honorius's papacy, and then see his successor dig up his corpse and put it on trial? How confusing that would have been, saying all his ordinations are invalid, and then the next Pope saying, oh no, they were valid, and then, like bickering back and forth. Like How, how confusing. Like, One of those was an anti-Pope. Was it not? One of them was an antipope, and Honorus is like that whole debacle, was it not? I I don't know. Are you sure? So. I don't know. Antipopes have existed, and this is everyone admits this yes, is unprecedented. But it was time. done by the next pope. Sure. So, so okay, how confusing so, would it have been to live in that time? But like, yeah, confusing doesn't matter. Like, it's just the truth or not. So, but like, okay, so Ryan Grant he doesn't really concede in his article, but he's saying like, oh, if he is a antipope, it'll have to be sorted out. So like, in your life if you want to like is it wrong if you want to compartmentalize in your head you're like you know what i don't know i don't know i have no competency of knowing but i'm just gonna like in my head think like oh, he's probably an anti-pope and then just compartmentalize that in your mind and then move on is that wrong i don't did you understand the question no i don't really understand I, the question what, what you're saying is that so for your own mental someone state is, your own mental stability someone who's so scandalized but like no politics can't be like canonized that's bizarre or like one of the many many things like if you were like ah oh, he's probably an anti-pope but like i don't know and i'm not gonna like cause scandal or confusion by like saying this out loud but i'm just gonna think like whenever anything comes up in one peter five um you know that's like really hard to justify in your head if you're like i ah, probably an anti-pope and then just move on like is that allowable see i i almost look at the situation kind of from <laughs> Again, a Carmelite perspective. Go on. Because I, I've never really said this actually in the podcast. I am I'm a secular discalced Carmelite, so um, just so people know why I'm getting razzed all the time for, for Carmelite comments, and you'll probably see it ad nauseum until the end of time, which I'm okay with. Um, it just helps me grow in sanctity. Suckers. <laughs> but um, but yeah, my my approach to that is almost like in a way of kind of like holy obedience. Like you know, you are experiencing an injustice, for an example. You're watching these things that seem scandalous to your faith. It doesn't make sense. It's confusing. Um, and at the end of the day, there's nothing you can do about it, you know. Um, so, you know, like St. John of the Cross said, right, the best way is to um, be silent, you know, um, and and to I agree with un that. Unite, unite, I agree. Your, unite your suffering with Christ you know, remember cru Christ crucified and be silent. That's what he said. So it's kind of like a matter of just kind of spiritually going there and and holding on to that and, and recognizing, like, at the end of the day, like, this isn't my church. This isn't Anne Barnhart's church. This isn't Vigano's church. This isn't anybody else's church. This is Jesus's church. And that's it. Yeah. You know, and he's yeah. got this and he's going to get us through. And yeah. <laughs> at the end of time, things are going to get crazy, you know, and as the catechism says, cosmic upheaval, that's going to be some crazy stuff. And yeah, know, I think there's something we can change with that. a little foretaste of it at this point. Yeah. 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 And I, and I think like, I think Ryan Grant says it. I can't remember, but I mean, <laughs> kind of like what America got with Trump. We got we got the the Pope we deserve I think I mean we've abandoned generally speaking the the liturgy is completely 
been mocked and and left you know mangled by by these crazy liturgists these post-conciliar liturgists i mean we've we've abandoned our lord in so many ways and and now we're like oh lord why do we get this this pope who's making all these crazy cra- having all these crazy interviews and it's like well like the lord the lord's not the lord's a perfect gentleman he's going to be like well if you want it here you go you know that's yeah, it's not our job and i know and goes back to this idea that saint was it um saint catherine of siena and who was the other saint at the time they they had differing opinions on who the pope was during the avignon papacy anyway but they were saints i mean People out in the little parish villages tending to their sheep were not sitting there reading handwritten copies of Canon Law Digest trying to figure out oh, who's the Pope I should pray for at the end of my rosary. I mean, it just, it, it's not even or, our or, job. Or during the, what did she say, during the Te Igitur, during the Mass, like whispering, whispering the, Benedict instead of yeah, Francis that's, during that's the Mass. That's going way too far. That doesn't, I mean, that doesn't, we can't contribute anything to the canon. The idea that yeah, we did. could correct somebody else's canon, that, anyway. But I, I think it's custody of the mind. I don't think we should be. I, I know these are really important points. I'm going to be accused of effeminacy and whatever by, by Anne, if she ever listens to this. Hey, Anne, you can also sponsor us. But yeah. custody of the mind. When, when I, you, I don't when think you get we some be, money. Yeah, we, yeah, we shouldn't be thinking about certain things that we have no power over. Yeah. And, and then, well, okay, but, but Pope there's Francis, there's like, an element of curiosity there. You have to admit. Uh, yes, I agree. But Pope Francis, like, has been covering for pedophiles, like, that, and and people who abuse seminarians. So, like, it, it's become a point. But there's there's been so many popes that have done also terrible, terrible, terrible things. I know it's through such, the history it's such, of the church. Such, we're such a more global society. Like, Maybe, well, you know, well, I'm not. I'm just kind of working through this in my head now. But like, when this happens, you can't just be like, "Well, I'm just going to donate to my like Peter's Pence every year." Like, you have to like, you can't. You have to change. You can't just be like, "Oh, well, everything's fine." Like, I'm just going to give my money. Like, no, no like, you I have to it. change. Everything's not fine. No. But if you have zero control over it. And like someone's got to someone's got to do something. I'm t- I'm so tired. So what is our job as the lady to do? Support Saint the- Catherine of Siena, who wouldn't have called herself a saint. You read that same blog post as me. Yeah. She went and did shit. But she was Saint Catherine of Siena, not when she was alive. Do you know how many was graces our Catherine. Lord was pouring into her soul? Some, at that okay, moment? so sure, but someone who's probably a layperson or maybe a priest is gonna fix all this stuff. So like, to, yeah, to, and to, maybe to, to just be like, oh, well, we can't do it. And someone's got to do it. Okay, but they haven't received the grace to rear up yet. Yeah, we'll probably die a lot more first. But still, like, like, are you actually entertaining the idea that that's you? No. Okay, so your job is to pray for that person then. Uh, that's so you're so you're so lame. You're so lame. I feel like a Carmelite right so now. Lame. <laughs> <laughs> so lame. Darren's got me in prison and he's beating the crap out of me and I, wow. It's, I'm gonna write some beautiful poetry now. You're just gonna be like, I'm gonna go into my interior castle. That's right. And and that's another thing. I think you say that's lame. Because like Father Ripperger says, you may not see prayer as the work that it actually is. Prayer mm-hmm. is hard work. It is. It is. That's probably the hardest thing you can do in your life. <laughs> and uh, and the deeper you go, the harder it gets. Yeah, are you at the transforming union yet? I'm not either. <laughs> no, I just the, like all, prob- all my life, all my life. So I, you know, I guess I can't apply this like to everything in my life. But all my life, so many things needed to be changed and needed to be done, and just no one would do it. I don't really want to do these things, but like a lot of things in my life, I've just been like, well, no one else is here, so I just have to do it. Sometimes you were the person appointed to fix those things, though. I don't think you're the person appointed to fix this stuff. 
No, but the my okay. So my for bringing this now, I'm just saying you can't you. I don't think it's appropriate to just write this stuff off. You can't just be like you're insane. That is, can we at least like be like oh those people calling. Like, you know, counsel the doubtful. Objectively, are they insane? Probably. They're denying reality. Uh, but I don't, like, but I don't like, think it's a good look, idea to look, call them insane. Look at yeah. the reality of it, though. Like, it's it's quite confusing. The thing the thing is, okay, and, and I think you brought up a valid point, especially during our, our um, initial episode, was, like, when we did our pilot episode. People are hurting. And people are trying to be able to figure this out. And to, and to tell them that they're crazy... You know, obviously, I think, like you said, it's you know can be a matter of gaslighting or whatever, um, and especially in the in the midst of the church right now, you know, telling people that their pain is not real or whatever, and you know, yeah, just, that's okay, yeah, that's 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 what irritates me the most. It's yeah. not like the actual like argument, yeah, yeah, and, it's just and like and no, and you shouldn't be thinking that way. There, there, there is a priest in our in our recent past who said from the pulpit, you know, like. You know, you you traditional Catholics have your 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 finger on the heartbeat of the church, and you're you know you're always paying attention to it. And it's like, well, the thing is, we we as Catholics, we do love the faith. You know, we, we love we the do, church. Yeah. yeah, and it's 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 important to us that she be seen as we see her, as the beautiful bride of Christ that she is, the un the the spotless bride that she is. And I mean, when we see that the the institution of the church, like the like the the people that are running it, are just dirtying it. I don't know. It, it it's so hard, and so I share your what you're saying, your concern. This is our you buddy. Know. This is our. This is this is, this is, <laughs> this is the, the this, buddy. This is the buddy aspect of theology, <laughs> the buddy. But at the same time, I'm like, you ask a very valid question. How do you be there for them, and and still assist them? And I think. <laughs> You know, we want to kind of talk about Father James Martin. That's a kind of a similar example. Father James Martin is reaching out to, quote unquote, you know, the LGBTQ blah, blah, blah crowd, trying to build a bridge to them. You know, he's trying to meet them in their pain. Maybe they've been told that God no longer loves them or whatever. I mean, there's a million and one crazy things that that people who are living in sin can be told. So finding a way to, instead of affirming them in their error, which is what James Martin does and what perhaps Anne Barnhart is doing by, you know, saying, well, you know what? Like the, the feeling that you have is pointing to a reality and the reality is that, you know, Francis is not the Pope, Benedict is still the Pope. And that's why all the craziness is happening in the church right now. You know, instead of affirming the error... It's better to acknowledge that, yeah, he's still the Pope, as per canon law, you know, and we're we're everything is kind of pointing to that. And but again, your experience is still valid, and we share. That is so, buddy. This the struggle. I don't know. Does that make sense? No, that is that was, wrong? Is so that buddy? Well, like we're saying the same things. So I'm just saying it more aggressively, and I'm pissed off. Well, yeah. And I still want my questions answered. Matt, yeah. he looked like the Pope. We had the impression he was the Pope. Yeah, oh. the Fatima, Fatima Third Season. That wasn't even the same Sister Lucy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Have you read that? Anne Barnhart? <laughs> anyway. Well, I ain't said about any planism. I have nothing to yeah. add. I never had a I, chance. I think it's really unfortunate that we don't have thousands thousands of cloisters of nuns praying us through this difficult I think I think that's part of the reason why we're here Pope Francis 
is shutting and them down. I know, he's, he's trying to destroy them. them. And he's saying Man. contemplative prayer is not important. Yeah. Hey. And isn't it terrifying to think that stuff has to get worse before... And even if we're not at the end of the world, it's going to be way worse than this. I, I, don't, I can't even comprehend that. So The thing that, the thing that I, I kind of foresee is that as things keep dwindling and dwindling, if if religious orders are completely decimated, you'll just see people going back out to the deserts. Oh, that was... You know? That's true. That's how they were founded. Justin I mean, would do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. He'll, go, he'll, he'll go out to the Great Lake Erie. To the Great Lake Erie and yeah. eat his lentils. Like Saint... Was that Saint Mary of Egypt or what? Saint... And she just was, yeah, she went out to the desert to make reparation oh, for her she was and received. The, she was the prostitute? She received communion once, once. a year. And that, <laughs> that was amazing. that was it. She just made reparation and prayed. She wasn't, you know, she didn't receive some papal mandate to go out there and pray. She didn't, re- she didn't receive a, you know, a society that was set up by a local bishop. Nothing's stopping us from praying. Oh, nothing's stopping us. But again, there, there is the potential to be contemplative where you are. Yeah. Too right. Uh, Hashtag Carmelite. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we? I have nothing to add, but I think I think I think that's I think that's a fair end. I think yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like if you if you are struggling with with Francis being the Pope and what he does and trying to reconcile it, welcome to the freaking club. Yeah. Like we're all struggling with it, you Aaron, know. I will accompany you through your error. Thank mm. you. Thank is you. it ironic that Aaron's name is so close to error? Hey everybody, it's Chris again. Just wanted to make one last parting remark before we finish our topic on Benevacantism instead of Beneplenism. Uh, we just wanted to make sure everyone was aware that we do, as a as a podcast, do believe that Francis is the current reigning pope, and that we do not want anybody falling into schism or falling into the sin of of Vicantism in the event that Pope Benedict dies. So just keep that in mind. We were simply sharing the viewpoints of people on either side with regards to the argument and sharing what their concerns are. Anyways, back to the podcast. Also, just another quick historical correction. We referred to Pope Honorius. It was actually Pope Formosus, not Honorius. Anyways, back to the podcast. Anyway. <laughs> it's also biblical. Can, okay, so one thing that's... Can you can you tell me about Julie and your conversation about the Catechism of the Council of Trent? Okay, so so where where did we get on this? So we got on something we're not allowed to talk about. Yeah, that that paragraph came up in just in a video we were watching. Okay, <laughs> I don't. I see. I'm having trouble remembering. Really, I am. I'm legitimately. I'm not. I'm not lying. I'm not. It's not. This is not a falsehood. Yeah, anyway, there's a paragraph in the Catechism of the Council of Trent. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. So the so we were talking about this paragraph, and actually, it's it's interesting. Oh, now I remember. Oh yeah. Why. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. I remember. Actually, I was talking to somebody else about about that too, and. She was telling me that on one of her NFP groups, there was a woman who followed who her and her husband followed this to a T. Um, so essentially, so in the Catechism of the Council of Trent, uh, what there's no numbers. I'm not used to that. So it's under the duties of a wife. Just, um, just look up Catechism of the Council of Trent, matrimony, and just yeah. thumb through that and you'll find it. So it says here, 
to train their children in the practice of virtue and to pay particular attention to their domestic concerns should also be special objects of their attention, particularly hey, to wives. Wait, first of all, and just noting this, every saint, life of the saint, starts with their mother trained them up hmm. in the practice of virtue. So, like, just before, like, we, like, throw a woman under the bus, which, like, we're not. No. But, like, every saint usually has a saintly mother that, like... So, like, to the... I just hate this, like, oh, we're degrading women by, like, making them stay at home. Actually, no. Like, they... This is it's the by most, far the most important thing you can do. Natural yeah. office you can have. I agree with and it'll give you a lot of glory in heaven if yeah. you perform it well. The, th- the thing is, like, yeah, I think it's important that you perform it well. And I think there's still that that requirement that if if the Lord is calling you to something else, as well as being a mother and a wife, your primary vocation is obviously marriage. But if the Lord calls you to something else, he'll make that abundantly clear. Like he, it's, and not every woman is called to do that. You know, like, I think it's like, if you look at people like St. Gianna Mola, you know, she was a mother and a wife, but she was also called to be a doctor. And she, and by her witness in, in her practice, you know, she, she led people to faith and, you know, obviously by her giving up her life for her child, I mean, that was her biggest example, you know, but anyway, coming back, coming back. So the particular thing that we wanted to talk about was um, the wife should love to remain at home unless compelled by necessity to go out. And she should never presume to leave home without her husband's consent. Um, So we were talking. So we were talking about this as, yeah, kind of in jest. Um, But the... The question was, how do I apply it as the only married person among us here? Um, thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> how do how do I apply it? And I and here's my theory. I, and this is a completely half cocked. Don't don't oh, we're go gonna, write we're this ripping, down. We're ripping it apart. Yeah. Okay. So in so let's talk about like with regards to consent given to priests. In the, in the case of a priest, a bishop will say to a priest on the day of his ordination, or maybe after, who knows, but will say to him, you have, you have faculties to hear confessions on, you know, in this diocese. It's the exact same thing I thought of. That's right, the, the, first ju- thing I thought of. the jurisdiction thing. So you have jurisdiction to be able to do this. Um, and so, um, <laughs> actually, was it Father Steve? I think Father Steve Marsh afterwards... He didn't actually get his faculties from the bishop, but and like it was just because the bishop forgot. So people were lining up asking for him for confessions, you know, because that's normal to do on the day of your ordination. And yep, yeah, whoops, and uh, yep, he couldn't do it. Isn't it during the ordination ceremony? No, no, it's it a separate be... exam. Wow. Oh, so I'm going off the Institute of Christ the King, but yeah, it's a separate exam, and actually it was done like they have it as an oral exam where they grill them on tons of different possible confessions and like penances they penance should do. Penance for usury. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Three years fast. That's First right. year bread and water. No. Um, and then it's, it's a separate certificate that's issued like mm, yeah. to, to do. Conf- so often it's usually it's done before. It and I don't think that that's how they rolled in this diocese. <laughs> yeah. I think it was yeah. just like, ah, you get to do it, whatever. Like, cause the diet, the diet, the seminary would teach him how to. Yeah. They, to had, they have a course. Right? He had actually, he had to actually wrote, write out a, a little book. 
Oh, dude. Of, like, penances. And and... I heard from seminarians, too, like, their their course, like, they have to, like, give, a, like, a, a faux confession to someone in mm-hmm. front of, like, a panel of three people. So it's not, like, a real confession, but, like, someone comes in and just, like, oh, they like have a, a little script of that they're, like, oh, like, like a you know. standardized patient. Yeah. Standardized yeah. penitent. So, like, yeah, they, like, it just that would be, like, to, like, do that in front of three people. That would be funny and difficult, but it wouldn't feel real at all. It'd be weird, but... No. Anyway, and, sorry. And I committed the sin of usury three times. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, that's nine years, pal. <laughs> nine, <laughs> nine years. Nine years. Okay. So yeah. So that's that's how I approach it with Julie. Is that essentially I I like we had never really talked about this, but the way it's kind of done in practice in praxis is essentially that I have given her. Like, I have the jurisdiction to be able to give her the faculties to be able to leave. Granted, she does it, you know, um, out of necessity, you know, which is normally what it is because it's normally getting food for me and I'm I'm fat. So... (laughs) 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 Type 2 and and pre-diabetic. So I'm not fully diabetic. No, okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so, So essentially she has permission to do it when she needs to. Um, but I mean, but I was saying to my friend, right. Who was talking to us about how she had this person on her NFP group who literally every, every time the the wife wanted to leave, she had to go and ask permission every single time from her husband. And I was like, that seems insane and, and crazy. That seems insane. Too. You know, like I, I, yeah, unless it was literally like just, uh, informing like, Hey, is it okay if I no, like she jump was, out for 20 minutes? Like permission to like. Permission granted, kind of thing. Like, well, no, but yeah. that, but like that, but yeah. th- it was literally like a transactional. Is it okay if I leave? Yes, you may go. But the the situation that with Julie and I, we were I was talking about was there are times where I will literally say to her, I don't think you should go. Um, you know, even like in the event of like, say we're having a bit of an argument. Not that we ever argue because we're the best couple ever, but. In the event of an argument at like two o'clock in the morning, and she's like, "I'm gonna go for a walk," and I'm like, "Dude just got shot down the road. No, you're not going for a walk at two o'clock in the morning." And yeah. then she'll be like, "But I want to," and I and I have gone, "Patriarchs, right? Don't leave. If you're going to go, go in the car." And she'll be like, "Okay, you know." So right. there is that. Yeah, like, <laughs> but think... so, but you but you can tell it definitely pisses off oh. your your wife if you say to her like, "As the patriarch, I say." Oh, he said that. And yeah. I was also thinking about like at the time the cat. I, I know we we shouldn't overanalyze this. I think but this like, is fair though. At the time the council this catechism was written. I mean, you weren't just a, a simple text message away to find out where the other person was, no. right? Like so. Julie obviously knows that you like she just pops out if if you want to know where she is it, like it's it's you can find it within seconds I mean it would have been it could have been very serious implications and, 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 and you, you, you made you made a very good point too like even back when was this written what year so the Council of Trent was in the aftermath of the Reformation but yeah. when the the Catechism was written yeah was like, like fifteen hundred sixteen hundred something yeah anyway like even just having paper. You mm. wouldn't have easy access to paper. Yeah, you so couldn't even write that, a note. Yeah, you yeah, we were saying note. scribble it in the dust That's on the floor. And, I mean, like, what you know, not, like, have good like you'd, you'd have to have like chalk and a chalkboard or something. Yeah, so I mean, it, especially and like and, these families would have had probably lots of kids on it, average, I'm, and they were needed to perform tasks at the family farm or whatever the business was, and like I, I think it was probably 
pretty serious just to where, jump away. Where to <laughs> have I read, or did you tell me too, like if a man was going for more than a week, he needed permission from his parish priest. Have, oh, no, I, I don't remember hearing that. You That's didn't tell me that? You didn't is tell it, me is that? Is it Trent? It's not in the Trent, but that was that was just like a, a general rule. Okay. It's almost like a mini separation period, how you need permission from your bishop to this day to separate from a spouse. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I, even, I, know this mean, is, like, I would assume this is more like if you're going on a business trip. You don't just like, I heard that somewhere. I'll have to look right. up where it was. But yeah, so like, this isn't, this is just like part of like the normal hierarchy. So like, yeah. as a man, if you're leaving for a week or two, you need to run this by someone to make sure that it's like just the exact yeah. same reason a woman. So like, basically the only thing this is really saying, like, this is saying like a general practice, but to me, it's just saying like a hierarchy exists and yeah. that the man is the head of it at his family. Yeah. I like, I don't, that's why I don't like like the belittling or like the, like of that, mm. of that certain, like in the trend, right? Like saying, like, oh, oh, like I have to ask to leave. Like, no, yeah, you, you're under the authority of your husband. Like, I'm sorry, you got married. Like, did you read the catechism before you got married? So, no. so yeah. Yeah, no, I fully agree. And the thing is like, you know, they, at the beginning, they make it very clear too in the, in, in the Council of Trent, just like they, like the scriptures do, do, right? You know, the fact that man is the, as the, the head of the household is not meant to use that power selfishly, you know, like it's, it's a matter of service. It's a matter of like Christ-like service, well, which is. That's what all authority, authority is. It's is, not for yeah. the yeah. benefit of the person. It's to benefit people under that person's authority. Yeah. Yeah. Husbands should read the Catechism of the Council of Trent and make sure they're doing what they say the duties of the husband are. Uh, which is everything. The husband is primarily responsible for everything that happens in a household. And that's why God created a helpmate, though, to help him perform those tasks. That's right. So you can't get out of changing diapers. Yeah. It's your, wow. it's your job and you're, like, delegating it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, usually that's how it's done in marriages nowadays. I'm not saying it has to be done that way, but usually, I mean, women seem to have a natural ability to do that without uh, squirming quite Ew. so much. Yeah, I've never changed the diaper yet. So, <laughs> really? I, I was told not to. I was just like, don't do it. You're not married. You don't need to. So I just haven't. But yeah, that's that's one of the punishments of Adam. You know, we're responsible for everything. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. Now, um, <laughs> I, I do bringing everything kind of to a to a close here i did want to ask a, another question um why did the nudist go black friday shopping is it gonna be a pun i don't i don't know why she heard underwear was a hundred percent off ah well just a little bit of theology of the body that is we had to add it in there somewhere. just a little bit i'm sure there's some profound beautiful Truth we can pull out of that. <laughs> Nothing defiles the marriage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great. Especially when it's 100% off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not even free market America would sell stuff for 100% off. Mm. So, to end off the podcast, we wanted to talk about uh, what your guys' plans are tonight. You guys are going to go have like so much fun. Yes, we are. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to go see the aptly named Comet 46P. Oh, that is so cool. Is this, is this no, a communist? 46P slash Wirtanen. I don't know how to pronounce the name, but it's, some people are calling it the Christmas Comet, and I just saw a news article saying that it's going to be brighter than Rudolph's nose. Anyway, hey, and we're, we're also going to go view this podcast on the lake where the cliff is. It'll be really nice. You know Comet. What? You're going to view the podcast on the lake? Yes. And oh, you're go are you going to go to Hawk's Cliff? Is that where I you're think going? So. Where's Hawk's Cliff? Where's that? Just go straight 
I'll tell you. Later. Yeah, we're gonna go. Okay. Yeah, so we're gonna right, go, we're go to those cliffs that like go down 40, 50 feet and then like water and like waves. It'll be beautiful. I'm excited. What if we die? Then I'll go to heaven because I believe the right person's the Pope. <laughs> I went to confession yesterday and I didn't know to confess my disbelief in the real Pope, apparently. That's because you weren't given the grace. Ah, I'll be just being, I'll be in purgatory. Pray for me, Grace. Maybe he just was so busy praying. Yeah. And... Fingers under my knees, man. The, yeah, the, yeah, anyway, yeah. Well, you should order Julie over here to do the outro. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't, <laughs> you, you, like, you guys have, yeah. you have a very, like, natural understanding of a lot of things that a lot of people don't, or it seems yeah. that way anyway, especially uh, with that topic. It's kind of cool. That's, we just, maybe it's your intense Carmelite prayer life. It must be. It must be. Must be. Must be. Yeah. Anyway, well, we should probably end this podcast because we've yeah. gone way too long. Um, so thank you very much, everybody, for listening on this great Gaudete Sunday for episode three of the Theology of the Buddy podcast. Um, we are live on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify. And um, you can get us pretty much through Podbean. Um, should be up on Google Addict. Play Store soon. It should be. Yeah, Google will allow us on there. I don't know if they will, given uh, a comment you made about a certain uh, group in the last uh, podcast. But. Oh, no. But, I don't remember what it was. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Anyways, thank you very much for listening, everybody. We'll uh, we'll see you in the next one. Bye.